taking command is a story of how God, through a few questing and engrailed master masons operating in America, gave the world the gift of spiritual freedom. New York Christmas Eve party close to midnight. We see General Howe and Elizabeth with joyous officers and their wives and ladies, Patterson and Ella, Katie and Chris, and other guests mingling, drinking, eating, and singing carols to musical arrangements. Patterson looks at a large clock and then over at Elizabeth who nods. Elizabeth excuses herself and walks over to Patterson, who is now at the far side of the room. He hands Elizabeth a blue scroll made of cloth tied with a pink ribbon. Patterson then walks to the center of the room and taps his glass with a spoon until he gets the guest's attention. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for a special E-event as the hour draws nigh on to Christmas. While everyone wonders with anticipation how surveys the room for Elizabeth, Patterson's smiling glance tells him the upcoming moment is for him. He shrugs with, something I have to do. Patterson says, please circle around me and we will welcome Christmas with a poetry reading. When the guests have moved into place, Elizabeth walks to the center of the circle with a smile to Patterson and Ella and stands facing her general holding the scroll. Howe's look is one of very pleasant surprise. Their eyes embrace as E struggles with her emotion. The general gives her his will with a nod and her eyes brighten as she breathes anew and begins. She crosses her right hand over her heart during the line, The Christ I feel in thee, and the camera cuts to her friends, especially Ella, and officers' emotional faces during the reading. Elizabeth says the next as she looks at William. This poem began on the night we rode and then walked our horses up the lane lit with light you said something to me, poetry, your word, your word, it washes over me, spreading waves of heaven's reality, and in what seems to be only a change of my mind, I find I am part of disassembled time. How slowly the lamplight seems to pass on by, as one continuous procession of light before my unguarded, wondering eyes. So wrapped inside this blissful feeling, your word has raised in me. The reason for its boundless being I only now begin to see. My silence holds the truth, the Christ I feel in thee. Your word is seeding rapture, that blooms inside of me. 
And so I sit and watch golden mists of light as we ride by, and I find that we are one indivisible part of God who is ever our word, our love divine. Complete silence, and the camera is on Elizabeth's glowing face with lightly tearing eyes as she mouths the words, Merry Christmas, William. General Howe's face is similarly moved as he places his right hand over his heart, as do many of his officers, and then he walks slowly to her and enfolds her in his arms. We see him whisper, I love you, my Elizabeth. The respectful silence continues even after they separate and walk hand in hand through their very affected friends who part before them some with hands over their hearts as if Elizabeth and William are saints, alone now. Come outside with me, Elizabeth. She gets her coat and puts on her gloves, and he gives her his arm as they are observed going out to the balcony by his knowing officers who smile with heartfelt emotion. It is cold, but fine for the moment after the heated interior. Elizabeth, I know not what to say. He pulls her to him and she places her cheek next to his. I have this for you too. Merry Christmas, William. She hands him the cloth scroll with a smile. He unties the pink ribbon and unfolds the scroll that has her poem stitched in gold thread onto a royal blue background. His eyes well in tears as he reads it. My love, it is my quest perceived. Elizabeth is overwhelmed with sacred emotion. Ever am I there with you in God. He holds her. They feel God's fullness together. He brings her to him in love, and they kiss and look a long time into each other's eyes. Then Howe takes a small black box from his pocket and presents it to her. Merry Christmas, my Elizabeth. Elizabeth is surprised. Thank you, William. She holds in a minute and bites her lower lip gently as a smile emerges. Shall I? Please. He observes her closely as she slowly opens the lovely box and finds a ring tastefully set in a golden square shape with a circle of diamonds and rubies within. Admiring the ring, she tilts it and is surprised by what she sees written on the inside of the gold band all around the circumference. My E, Beauseant. It is so finely wrought and the gesture so immense that she doesn't know what to say. How wonders. Do you approve, my love? Oh, yes, very much so. It is the most beautiful ring I have ever seen. And then the word, what does it mean? Beauseant is the battle cry of the Knights Templar, and it means heaven and glory is the reward. The red and white stones are their colors, and the square shape is the squaring of the circle as the wrought soul, now square-shaped, 
fits perfectly into God's design kingdom. You see all of this in me? Yes. Oh, William, I have never given a gift like this to anyone. I'm in love with you, Elizabeth, in a new way, a different way, in God's way. You are mine, as I am yours forever. He is overcome by the immensity of his love and is in quiet tears. He holds her in silence and love. Well then, my Elizabeth, he smiles with meaning. Elizabeth slowly takes off her gloves and her thin gold band and looks at him in pure love. William takes off his gloves and kneels before her. Then he takes her left hand in his and says, May I be wedded to your soul forever, Elizabeth, in this feeling of God's paradise? God knows I have never wed another soul as I do now in the feeling of him. Will you be with me, Elizabeth, now and in all eternity? Yes, I will be wedded to your soul, my love, my hero, General William Howe, forever. William slips the ring onto her fourth finger and the feeling of God is undeniably theirs. He carefully rises up to hold her and they kiss inside of forever. They look up at the sky. Look there, she says, and points with her free left arm. There is the cross and the question mark. He looks. See it there, rising in the east? From the top, one star, space, now two stars in a vertical line. A big center opening with a star on either side. Yes, then two, space one. And the question mark lower into the right side. Yes, Hal says. Always it starts to rise in the east, my love, on December the 14th. He loves E's animated soul. Passionately poetic. Your sincerity, you seem to know. E delightedly continues, William, it is not me, never. God fills things from far off and then at hand and us too. One sees and knows this, Will. When one searches for God and feel before the first light, it is so mystical, an early Christmas gift every year. She laughs with joy and he joins in with a smile as he marvels at her and then has to hold his precious jewel. Scene 97. Christmas morning. William and Elizabeth are in bed. The sun comes through the window and William looks at the play of light on her hair as he slides above her and enfolds her body under the covers. He notices how still she is. What do you, my love? She speaks slowly. I am feeling God and thanking him for you. Yes, thank you, God, William playfully says as he pulls her to him in love and ecstasy. They hear a sound. What was that? Someone is coming for you. A knock. General, can this wait? No, sir. I will be down directly. He starts to rise and then holds her. Elizabeth, I am so sorry. Percy and Cornwallis, no, he is preparing to sail. Would have seen to this. It must be significant. 
Washington? No. He smiles, filled with the possibility. Do you think Washington has gained the advantage, he says? How is up and starting to dress and now nodding and smiling at E? Admit it. You took my thinking from me, E. Perhaps our source is the same, she says. Oh, you? He leaps back onto the bed. No, no, duty calls, she says. You are right, but stay right there. I may have to attend to this. But I am the commander, and someone else will see to it. Scene 98, Christmas morning, British HQ. Officers Percy, Patterson, Kemble, Balfour, Christ, and others. The general soon arrives, and the lieutenant starts his briefing. At six o'clock this morning, the rebels appeared in force with cannon to attack the Trenton Post. The rebels advanced as well as Colonel Rawls' regiment and the Lossberg regiment. There was house-to-house fighting. Colonel Rawl ordered a charge. His men were hit all around him, and Colonel Rawl was gravely wounded, and prisoners were taken. The rebels then recrossed the Delaware with the prisoners and the cannon. This slip of paper was found in Rawl's pocket, sir. How peruses the paper. How ironic. It seems Rawl was informed of Washington's Trenton attack ahead of time. I wonder. No matter. We will pursue. Has Cornwallis sailed? He may have, Patterson says. His winter holiday will have to wait, Hal says. Duty calls. Patterson, dispatch a messenger immediately. Intercept Cornwallis on the double. He is needed. Patterson leaves and motions to Chris to come with him. Hal looks at Percy. Percy looks as repentant as a very haughty aristocrat can manage. General, I am sorry. I know I can never write what I did in my mind or yours. They stand silently. I hear you, Percy. When it comes to military science, Freemasonry principles, and our American cause, I trust you implicitly. You will not neglect your duty. Thank you, sir. Hal looks at him with edge as he reads Percy's progress. Transfer is still an option. Thank you for your unwarranted understanding, General. Percy nods and is about to turn away with chagrin. Percy... Grant in Brunswick? Has he been notified? Yes, sir. Let's see. Our supplies and treasures are in Brunswick. Cornwallis will see to it. Keep me informed, Percy. We meet again when Cornwallis arrives. Percy nods with, thank you, sir. Scene 99. Elizabeth hears a knock. It's me. Come in. E is there, fully dressed. And Hal has the look of, oh, I missed out. Since I am a card-sporting lady, I gauged that when you came back, you would have to be off again soon. And to interrupt heaven's calling is a sin. Heaven help me if I ever try to keep the smallest thing from you, Elizabeth. He smiles. Are you famished? I am, he says. He playfully enfolds her and she adds, Oh, William, between God and you, I have feasted all morning. (laughs) He says, I can feel you speak the truth. For as I take your meaning in, I too feel that I need nothing more to eat than you. 
Yes, and God. Hal picks her up and kisses her passionately. I could spend the rest of my life in this room, and your feeling would always make it new. However, I will order for the both of us. While Hal goes out to his waiting officers, Elizabeth finds an upper room with a table in the morning light. Soon the general finds her. Ah, here you are. He joins her and the servants quickly prepare the table with tea and coffee and breakfast items. As he pours for her, an officer approaches. Colonel Patterson says Cornwallis will be here within the hour. He had set sail then? Yes, the officer says. Very well. Keep me informed. The officer leaves. Hal looks around and whispers, Elizabeth, Washington has made a masterful stroke in our cause. Elizabeth is elated. My intuition tells me God has raised another pillar of sunlight. He pauses and considers his feel of it a turning point for the Americans. We'll see how much of the one mind Washington is part of when I send Cornwallis after him. He looks at her and takes her hand. How our cause invades my time with you. Not for long, my love, not for long. How takes her left hand in his and then looks questioningly at her, for he does not see his ring. She says, I thought it best if I were to wear it here. While keeping his eyes, she slowly slides her gold chain from under her dress and shows him his ring next to her cross on the chain. On her finger is the gold band she always wears. We are not presently in your circle, William. My ring on your finger, Hal says, is my preference. But I understand if you would rather wear it on your bosom in secret fellowship, I will find it there. He smiles playfully and she loves it. Scene 100. Cornwallis, Percy, Patterson, and Howe alone. They all have filled glasses. General Howe says a toast to General Washington, raised up in God for his Masonic cause. Hear, hear, the others say. Their glasses clash together. Damn, Percy says, the farmer really did it. Rallied his troops in a nor'easter storm. He showed spirit of enterprise and unlooked-for strategy. Unparalleled bravery, Howe says. Though broken, he rallied and returned with God's vigor to the charge. Farmer no more, gentlemen, America's general. I wager he has engrailed himself to the same source through prayer. Cornwallis. As Joseph Reed's letter indicated, he wanted to replace Washington with Lee no longer. He quested, and God answered, Howe says. His old men and boys marched without shoes or coats through the snow. His interior light kept them warm. I am sure of it. Percy and Cornwallis nod. They may be bloodied, but they are not unbound. Cornwallis agrees. Where is Lee now, General? Percy says, held in a courthouse. He really believed the general when he said his death was pending. I heard he was found reading the Bible. I wanted to, Howe said. Don't remind me. My reason would not have been sanctioned. Enough about Lee. 
Strange how things start to happen when the gift is received. Sorry about your holiday, Cornwallis. Duty calls, sir. <laughs> a delay of a week, Cornwallis. Now you must secure our treasure and supplies in Brunswick. Washington's men, hmm, up all night without proper attire, in blizzard conditions. They will not be up to the task, even if they may make it to Brunswick. Their condition will not be such to effectuate Washington's plan, no matter how lit he still is. See to it, Cornwallis and send word if Grant needs anything. After all is secured, you will sail for England. Yes, sir, Cornwall salutes and leaves. Washington really did this, Percy says. I owe you again, Howe, Howe smiles. When will I learn that your second sight has a ready in on these matters? In all matters, Percy. Percy, turning to leave, slows as he gets Howe's drift and realizes he left that door open with his comment to Howe. Percy keeps going without looking back because he knows he cannot forget Elizabeth, and if he were to turn, Howe would read him more than he already has. Patterson pretends not to have heard and seen. Patterson, Elizabeth's poem moved us all. Entirely beyond words, Patterson. Did she love your ring? She did, very much so. How shakes his head and smiles. I must say, it served most fortuitously as a compliment to her poem. Patterson smiles in agreement. You put me on the spot, James, and then I was happy you did. I know, William. She's the only one that has ever brought you to your knees. They share that in mirroring heroic silence. If only you were free, Patterson. Oh, but I am. They share a glance. How will it work out? Patterson asks. It will happen this way. I know not yet, but it will. <laughs> How nodding and smiling with the seeds of a plan and then shakes his head about what he had just gleaned from Percy. Patterson knows and wonders what that means for their friend. Scene 101. After the meeting, Howe is looking for Elizabeth. He speaks to Elizabeth's helper, Martha. Where is she, Martha? Martha points to another room of their house. Howe walks over and sees her by the window. She is sitting and meditating. He starts to feel her stillness come over him as a smile permeates his face. He is mirroring spirit with E. She knows he is there but does not turn. They are of heaven together. Then he feels the moment is right and walks up to her, placing his hand on her shoulder. It is the lightest touch, but it thrills them. Her hand comes up and she delicately places her fingertips on his hand and he sees his ring shining brilliantly in the sun. Elizabeth says, I could spend the rest of my life right here. And I as well. A thousand details of this war have all left me. Such peace I find with you, Elizabeth. 
Soon, six months, nine months, we will be free to contemplate eternity at will. I have had many relationships during my 28 years as a soldier, and I have a wife that I rarely see, no children. We are friendly, but not of the fellowship. You are the only one who can be everything to me. Patterson knows. Maybe this happens, our being in love, because I found God in a new, self-perfecting way through conflict on Breed Hill. Hal pauses in revelation. God opened my mind there, E, and my heart. I knew my counterpart in battle, American Joseph Warren, as a brother whose cause became mine, America. Fellowship of man and fatherhood of God, as you say it. And then, soon after, I found you. He has made the world beautiful for you in his time and set the world in your heart. Is not that your moment, William? And X marks the spot? How shaking his head with wonder, and we see Elizabeth's eyes shift left with wisdom. William. At X, God plants his seed in his good ground, his son, and there in a moment, sometimes in many moments, if we are lucky and true, we feel his return and inwardly move with him in love. We are wrought in love with his son. Oh, E, what you do to me. Oh, William, that's it. That's what I overheard as a child, my father, the Masons. God is ever regenerating us, his seed in himself, the Son, with his moving and mirroring spirit. Oh, Elizabeth, you make all of what you say entirely sensual. William, God is love, and it sometimes seems to almost happen when breath is drawn in such a way to give it weight. How puts his arms around her. Yes, I feel your meaning, E. If I, through will, alignment, and perception, independent of earthly circumstance, enabled my Christ self from a seed of perception to be raised up, Elizabeth speaks slowly next, through the thickness of fullness that is God. Her being is soft and her knees move inward. Yes, all true, William. We are of God's new life now. We have everything and are of everything already. Her fingers grasp his more firmly, and they remain as they are, savoring the bliss that is theirs. The camera pans back from them slowly as they fade into the soft light of the moment.